peace. My name is Daniel. Welcome back to another episode of the Water Podcast. I am here rocking with you guys solo again. It's been a minute, man. I just wanted to holler at y'all. Um, I told y'all I would be better at this <laughs> um, a few episodes ago, and I intended to be better at this, but life happened, and there was also a mishap where I did record an episode. It was a very good one, too. Except for I forgot to hit record. So there's that, but you live and you learn, right? So, but I'm not tripping. It's all good because I'm here. So I'm rocking no script. It's 1 a.m. on a Tuesday night and my mind is racing and it shouldn't be racing because I was sleep deprived going into this morning. Um, I'm just in here kind of reflecting, man, you know? And so my intent was to come here and talk to you guys about just what I've been learning about myself since I turned 35 a month ago. But yeah, something happened today and I'm kind of on a high and that's really how I'm going to start it off. And I don't know how it is going to play out for real, for real, because it's a potentially emotional subject for me. Well, I'm not going to say it's potentially emotional. I was full-fledged emotional earlier today in a good way. But I think I got it out of my system. But all that to say, you know what I mean? I don't know how it's going to play out, but I think I'll be able to tie it together while my mind is still in this mode. And so we'll see how it goes. I guess the TLDR version, because I don't want to leave you guys any more suspense, is that I received a raise today, which is cool because this is my third raise since December of last year. And prior to that, I have never gotten a raise before in my life. And so I've been sitting here kind of reflecting on it. And to be honest with you, it wasn't what I feel like I deserve. Like I know I deserve more, but it was the way that I did it. I got some advice for some friends. On that note, shout out to my guy G, shout out to Stun, shout out to some of my other friends that kind of pushed me like, you going to send an email? You going to send an email? I shout out to my mama a little bit too. Shout out to Val because she kind of ran some stuff by me and I kind of took what I thought was most effective from each and kind of went off my intuition and I reached out to my boss to have a conversation and they he just kind of like played me initially and we're just kind of like in so many words nigga we just gave you some more money <laughs> and so you know part of me was like yeah I knew at best I would be lowballed at worst I would be disregarded I know what the deal is like I'm not walking around here dumb or like naive about it but I also didn't like the way it played out and I didn't take no for answer and I sent the rebuttal email in which I stated the reasons why I felt like I deserve more money and I was prepared I had another rebuttal email to his reply to my rebuttal email but um he gave me more money and so I was super proud of myself man for like knowing my worth and for like not backing down it was a high-key ballsy move because could have been real left and man I'm gonna talk some shit because I don't know how long you've known me. I don't know what you know about me. But it was so much that went into that mentally to get me to a place where I felt like I was ready to have that conversation. And for me to stand up for myself, it was a big deal. Like, I'm going to take y'all on a journey, man. Um, So let's backtrack to 2009, okay? So I graduate from Virginia Tech 2009 in December. And as many of you are probably aware, this is probably like the worst time maybe in history to graduate. It was during a recession and I started out in engineering, but I had finished in resource management. I didn't like engineering the way I thought I was going to. 
and I want to get into business, but engineering had already fucked up my GPA to the point where I couldn't get into the business school. It was just too competitive. And so resource management was more or less like a great value business degree, <laughs> basically. So I go to the best engineering school in the state. And five years later, I'm out here trying to get a job in a recession. And what my mindset is, you know, 2004 going into tech, I'm like, oh, I'm automatically made. You feel me? Like coming from where I come from and like enrolling in a major I was in, like success was guaranteed for me. And so, you know, that was like my first real shot. And so, you know, I worked at Sam's Club part time, like during summer Christmas breaks when I was at school. And so, you know, I went back to that while I was looking for a job that was kind of humbling. Um, I also got a second job at uh, one of the local courthouses doing basically like data entry. It was like part time in the mornings, pretty city hours, Monday through Friday. Whereas at Sam's Club, I would just like work nights and weekends whenever they told me to basically. So a year later, I got my first full-time job. It was with a government contractor. And so um, I was making like, for those of you who work for the government, I was making like CACs and dependent IDs and stuff like that. Like I was basically like an ID card maker, but I was like a step away from the government and I had a security clearance. And so that is what ultimately led to me getting a job in D.C., a full-time job in D.C., because for those of you who don't know how government contracts work, like say you win this contract and in the contract you're supposed to fill 10 seats. So the government is within their right to contractually hold you to f filling 10 seats for them. I was the 10th seat, you know what I mean, for this contract in D.C. And yo, I, <sighs> I got moved to Sage. I'm like, I, I lit some Sage a second ago and it's like still burning like all the way in my face. Anyway. So on a Monday, this was before the end of the fiscal year, they had to fill it. And so, you know, the first one they told me about it, it was like the Friday before. So like, let's say September 23rd. And I'm like, no, I can't do my job like that. You know what I mean? They looked out for me. So Monday, I talked to my boss and I'm like, yo, they want to bring me on. But like, I can't even put in two weeks. They want me to start Wednesday. And, but he knew my situation. Like I was going to get, I was getting married and I needed a job up there. The wedding was in six weeks. And so he was like, yo, take it. And so let's say by, by that Wednesday, it was like September like 28th. I packed my clothes up in the car and I was driving up to D.C. That is like the first time where I was like, all right, this and we're talking by this point, we're talking end of FY 2011. And so this was kind of like two years in the making for me. It was like, OK, I got this job. I was making like 50, I think, which it's not super high, but it was like, all right, this is better than what I've been making. You know what I mean? But those of you who are familiar with government contracts also know how it can be. And so when that contract is up, they can play out a few different ways. Either that same company wins it and like all is well and good or a different company can win it. And if they win it, they can kind of pick you up and add you to their payroll. But you're kind of at the mercy of whatever. You know what I mean? So if they tell me, hey, we want to pick you up but we're only going to pay you this or you don't have a 401k no more or your health insurance is about to be some shit is either that or not have a job and so this these contracts that i were on were six month contracts so within two contracts or a year the first one a new company in one and they picked us up but it was a eight thousand dollar pay cut something like that 
And then the second company picked us up and they kept the pay, but they took our 401k. So it's like, damn, this is not really how I saw it going. I didn't really have a choice. That kind of messed me up because I got another job with a nonprofit. By this time, it's like 2014. I got a job with a nonprofit. And it was basically like, well, based on what you made before, you know, this is what we can offer you. And so it was basically like a lateral move. It was like a higher ceiling, but it was like a lateral move pay-wise. So it was like, so it was like, okay, well, what do I do? Got to take it. So I was there like a year and a half. And this was around a time where I was, I was just going through it mentally, man. I was going through it in a way where I never anticipated myself going through because there were certain things that I just wasn't doing well at a job, to be honest with you. And then on top of that, towards the end of my stint there, I have gotten legally separated. You know what I mean? And so whatever energy that I was trying to put towards being a better employee and, you know, up to that point, I was like taking like college courses to sharpen my skills. But, you know, at that point, like I was still showing up and I was still giving my all. But at that point, mentally, I'm like, bro, just do what y'all going to do, because it's not going to get too much better for real for me. You know what I mean? So I was on admin leave, but I ultimately got fired. And so that was around the same time I had to move out of my apartment. And I didn't really have any income coming in and I was separated and I was kind of going through this like religious crisis or whatever. And so I went back home for a little bit and that wasn't working out at the time. And then I moved back up to the DMV area and several of my homies were gracious enough to let me crash on their couch. So I was basically like I had my, my stuff in storage and I had like... I call it like my nightstand, but I, you know, like those like little three bin compartment things, you know what I mean? That you like those little plastic bins you get from like Target or like wherever. And I just had like my essentials there and I had like, you know what I mean? I was just very like nomad, like until I got another job and had enough bread to move out and get my own spot. This was my first experience working for like a private company. And man, that was some shit. Cause it was like a small company. And like my boy at the time was the manager and I was like, yo, I need this spot filled. And I was like, beats this staffing agency bullshit I'm doing. So I rocked with that and I made a little bit more, but it was still like, it was like, damn, I'm back at square one damn near. And so I did that for the rest of the time when I was in DC until March of 2019. And I was running in place, man. I was, I was trying to make shit shake, but it felt like I was a hamster in a wheel. During that time, I had worked part-time at a gym to get some extra income. I started my brand, Marnart. Uh, me and the homies just started a tech startup then. But at the time, that stuff wasn't bringing in income like that. Like, it was, but it wasn't, like, I wasn't really making it happen the way I, I wanted to. And it was like that basically until I moved back to where I'm from in March 2019. And I was starting over again. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like paying stuff. So, you know, we're talking 10 years after graduation. Financially, I'm kind of running in place. It's like my fourth entry level career. So it was like, fuck, man. But, you know, I, I stayed the course. And last July, I was kind of right place, right time because... I was working for a contractor again, but the government agency we support were expanding. And so they bought on like a lot of people from the contract, like half the contract they bought over, including my supervisor at the time. And so they promoted me more so because they just needed somebody to fill that position as opposed to it being like, Daniel, we like you. 
they're like offsite anyway, so they don't be caring. They just want to count their money and like make sure stuff is straight, that the government not really displeased with what they're giving them. But I had a real chip on my shoulder because, again, this is my four careers. Like, bro, I'm, well, how old was I? I was 32. And I was like, bro, this got to be it because, you know, I was with that other job for three years and it was a small company, it was about 20, 21 employees. The CEO was kind of on some authoritarian shit. So, and she just was not really fucking with me like that in terms of like my output or, whatever like everybody else was rocking with me they thought i was capable more but the person that made the decisions did not so whatever that didn't matter now but where i'm getting at is that i had this real chip on my shoulder to be past like an entry-level person because it made me doubt myself like damn am i just like an entry-level nigga like am i just i knew i was this person that was capable of stuff but you know like there's a lot of smart people out there and it doesn't necessarily translate professionally. And so I was like, damn, am I going to be one of them? And I had seen it. You know, I had seen it already. So it was like, damn. And so when I got the promotion, like, it didn't matter whether it was off of merit or right place, right time. It was like, man, this is my first time, like, in management. I had a nice little raise, getting a little bit closer to where I thought I was going to be. So it was like, now I got to prove myself as a manager. Last year... In December, the government agency was in a position to offer me. I actually used that to get a raise. And then I got an annual raise in April, which I had never got before. So that was dope. And then and then there's one now. And I backtracked a little bit. So by this time, I had moved back. And I was like, yo, I really got to make this happen. And so that's kind of when I got into the resale shit, like later in December 2019. And that kind of led me down a rabbit hole of like, you know, like I was still doing Monarch at the time, too. But I was also trying to find like easier ways to make the money because it's cool to be able to make something with your hands and produce income from it. But it was like, bro, it's got to be easier way too. You know, so, you know, with sneakers and like we were going into COVID and so like you no know, switches and then like I won't really fuck with the pools like that. But like I was just trying to get my hands on stuff and that ultimately got me into like the space that I'm in now. A little bit that I dabble in with like crypto and NFTs and stuff like that. And that's when I really started to see like, yo, OK, I, I'm, I, I can I can do some shit now. So that happened around the same time I got the first raise. And so. We, we here now, man, and it was just like the fact that for me that I never really gave up on myself, you know what I mean? Like when I was working at the courthouse and I was working at Sam's Club and I had to like, and I was going to the plasma center to sell plasma when I needed to, sometimes twice a week or whatever, like I, I, I knew I would be this nigga still, you know what I mean? Like... When I went to the pawn shop to sell my chain in 2010, like, I, I, I still knew I would be this nigga one day. Like, in 2015, like, in 2015, when I was about to move out and when I had moved out and I was going to that check cashing spot. Like, if y'all if y'all in Nova, like, if y'all live in Nova and you know, you're familiar with, like, Alexandria, off Van Dorn, there's this giant, and then there's, like, this check cash, I think it was Ace check cashing that was in that same shopping center when i was going to that shit when i needed to i still know i would be this nigga man i knew it and when i was having to like go from couch to couch and when i got a job interview and i had to drive to the storage unit in lorton and, and pick up a suit and, and go to the interview 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I still knew it, bro. And, man, it's just, like, overwhelming to think about it when, when I reflect. And, like, in 2018, when my car was fucking up, I had to get rides from coworkers. And, like, I didn't really have money to repair it. And, like, I knew I looked, like, bad in front of these people. Like, you know, like, you got this, you feel this energy where, like, niggas not saying it, but they just kind of, like, feel sorry for you. Like, they either feel sorry or they're, like, disconnected from it completely. Like, there was this guy at my at that job. And, like, <laughs> if some of y'all from that job are going to listen to this, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. And if that guy, by some stretch of the imagination, is able to find this podcast, listen to this episode... No offense, but that shit used to piss me off, man, when my car used to mess up. And he used to be like, he was like one of those dudes that was like, kind of like always like to assert his intelligence and like, ah, my car messed up again. He would say, as so matter of fact, like, why don't you just get a new car? Like, yeah, that's a great fucking idea, bro. I never thought of it. Like, nigga, when your car is fucking up, don't you think the first thing that crossed my mind is, man, I wish I could just get a new car? You know what I mean? But even back then, bro, I had to, I, I, I sold, I had to take, I had to sell my, my old wedding band for rent money back then. <laughs> three years ago, bro. And like, the car was so bad, I had to like, it would overheat. It was on the verge of overheating because there was like a leak near where you put the coolant in. But I didn't want to pay the diagnostic. And so it was like, I would just buy coolant. And every time I started that car, before I started it, I had to put coolant in it, and I had to run the heat all the way. This was in the summer, too, summer of 2018. I had to run the heat so that the car wouldn't overheat. And even then, I still knew I would be this fucking nigga, man. I still knew it. <laughs> yeah, so it's just an overwhelming feeling, and the mental hurdles that it takes to believe in yourself when nobody else does. It was people that believed in me, but like there were certain affirmations that I needed at the time, you know, and a lot of that had to do with like, I believed in myself, but like, it just felt like what I was putting in, I wasn't getting out. But you know, we, we here, we here now. And what made me really lose it earlier? Like I was like a mess in the car, like in the best possible way. Feel me, and yeah, I still have it on my phone. So between June of last year and now, including like everything, man, I'm not even trying to flex, but just on some like I believed in myself and I put in the work and I never stopped. Even when I doubted for a little bit, I never stopped believing. When I when I ran the numbers and I saw a hundred and sixty percent salary increase, I lost it, man. Like. Bro, imagine like making forty two thousand five years removed from the best engineering, you know what I mean, school in your state. Like my son had died a few years before that. And so it was like at the time I was going through this weird like juxtaposition of like I wish my son was still alive because that would be all I would have right now, but I can't afford a son. Like <laughs> imagine that shit, man. You know what I mean? Like but I'm here, and everything happened, you know, to get me where I'm at now. And so, hold on. But that's part of why I wanted to record. 
like I said, I also wanted to put my glasses back on. I also wanted to reflect on what I think I've been learning since turning 35 and, you know, like stick it with the theme of like, I don't know if I've driven this point home enough up to this point, but it took a lot of mental work, a lot of inner work for me to get to a point where it was like, I'm going to stand up to my superiors and regardless of what happened, I'm going to stand up. Like, I don't care. I will be seen. I'm going to be fucking seen. I've just been like in the past year or two, like I've had tarot readings and I've had like, uh, or photos taken. I've had an Akashic reading recently and Honestly, one of the things that I got from those that was like a common thing is that they all affirm what I already knew about myself. And so like there were these things that were kind of like, I don't know if I say supernatural, but just like on a deeper spiritual level that is like affirming what I know on, on this plane. And with the Akashic one, uh, for those of you who don't know, like Akashic reading is like, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like the Akashic records are like records of every soul that has ever existed. And so, you know, this person in particular saw in my past lives where I've been held back, like mentally I was, you know, I was either put into a box or I was having to take on responsibility that I didn't want or I was micromanaged. And uh, she cleansed a lot of that energy. And you just have to be brave to believe in yourself so much that you're willing to stand out and go against the grain in a world where you're encouraged otherwise to do so. Like a lot of people, for me, and I'm going to try to speak like only for myself, because like these are things that I've learned. They may or may not apply to you. Like I, when I like evaluate what I've actually learned, I try to keep the things that apply to, in my mind, the greatest amount of people. But, you know, that said, like I found that ultimately like the way that I was brought up made me who I am. But you know, I was raised to grow up, go to college, get a government job, work, you know, that as long as I can and then retire. And like the things that got me off the path in general were the things that went against my intuition. But I feel like I, I knew the whole time, you know what I mean? And so like I'm just now in the past like year, I'm at the point where I feel completely free to do what it is that I want to do people like how do you do so much stuff you know what I mean and I get it but at the same time it's like like I told y'all about what I've been through over the past 10 years and so to be able to like have the option to like I couldn't afford to record a podcast I didn't have the luxury of being able to start a podcast because I had to pick up things that involve getting money and now I can get the money and I can also choose to record a podcast and I can choose to do things to take better care of myself. I'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, this life is fleeting and I'm 35 now and I looked it up earlier and the average global life expectancy is 78. So I'm not quite at the literal midlife area, but like I'm pretty damn close. You know what I mean? And so, and it's interesting like another thing that you know with all this growth has been kind of a weird thing that for me because like I've alluded to it but I was in a dark place for a minute to where like during that time that I was referencing in like 2015 
2016, like I, I think I alluded to this in my yoga episode too, but I didn't want to be here, man. I wanted to die. Like there, it started with like wanting to be taken out in some kind of like noble fashion. And then it went to like, all right, how can I just do it myself in a way where like I don't have to damage any property or I don't have to do it in nobody's house so a nigga won't feel like their house is haunted or whatever. Like, how can I just like peacefully just take myself out? And then literally, I remember in like 2018, I was in this loop of like trying to figure it out and like getting stuck. And so like when the stuff went bad, I would like get, go back in that loop. And I just kept tired of, got tired of being in the loop. So I was literally at the point where it was like, bro, you're either going to do it or you're going to figure out something to keep you, to make you want to stay alive. And I found this thread on Reddit. I don't even read Reddit, but I found this thread. And it was like only family members who had loved ones that had taken their lives. And it was his family. They had lost their son 20 years ago. And their mother still kept a journal of her thoughts. And I was like, shit, man, I can't do this to Val. Like, I learned that it's not something that family, like, gets over. Like, it stays with them. It's like, it's not like a resolution, you know? Like, there will always be the thoughts. And there will always be this, what could I have done? And, yeah, it was like, man, I can't do this to my family. But it led to apathy for a while for me. And so, like, to the point where I, like, I lived, like, kind of low-key reckless in a way where it was like, I wasn't, like, out here, like, wilding, wilding, but it was like, if something were to happen to me, then that's fine. Like, I'm cool. Like, it was a very apathetic way to live until maybe a year ago, honestly. And I'm kind of, like, up, relatively speaking. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I found a way to be happy here. And I have, like, assets now to protect. And it's a weird feeling, man, because it's like, man, I have I have things to lose now. Like, I, I want to be here. And it makes me more aware of my mortality even more so when I wanted to end it. And I still haven't fully processed that. The only thing that I have taken from it up to this point is that the only way for me to live is to maximize my time here. And to maximize my time here, I need to constantly be doing things that I love or create a system of things that will keep me happy. You know, like me going to the gym, me doing what I do, like it isn't necessarily... I don't necessarily enjoy it, but it's like the glue that holds my life together because when I'm doing that, I feel good about myself, like I look better, and when I'm doing it, I also eat better, and when I eat better, like I have to plan my workouts, and so it's like when I plan my workouts, like I might as well just plan my life, and so the structure I create from that is like a positive domino effect. And it's also taught me my limits, like physically and mentally, like what I'm willing to put my body through and what my body can hold, how far I can, how much farther I can take it mentally. All that stuff has been things that I've had to come to terms with recently because like when I was starting up two businesses and working part time, working full time, you know, I would stay up till 2 a.m., 3 a.m. like it was nothing and get up like 7 a.m. for the nine to five and like by 10 o'clock like i'm not by like 10 p.m now if, if it's not done by then don't even worry about it like that's what i learned about myself and it's kind of like sobering but it's also makes sense for where i am in life and for my age and so coming to terms that my body like requires a certain amount of sleep for me to function and and being okay with it has been a big hurdle for me too because 
as I have grown up with my peers and as I have watched the people that were my age when I was maybe 20 years younger and seen how some of them had adjusted to their own changes, whether it's like surgery or or cancer or something like that. I felt like from observation that the earlier I can come to terms with the fact that my body is changing, the easier it'll be as I get older and my body changes. I can more easily separate my ego and my attachment to how I used to be. And I can just be who I am in that moment and and be okay with that and, and not think less of myself. You know what I mean? Like it might be a time where I can't do anything after 9 p.m. You know, and I need like 10 hours of sleep at that point. At least I'll be ready because I've been making these small adjustments. I've been listening to my body and just understanding the relationship between my mind and body more. Like yoga was something that I got into for a spiritual reason. But now I need it for like the physical too. Because because of like injuries that I've had over time that have been, some have been, you know, more acute. Some have been wear and tear. But, you know, just like... It's what my body needs. I need yoga like two, three times a week because when I do things to make my body tight, it aggravates my body. And so I need I need to constantly keep that loose. I need to constantly keep it like malleable. So when I get like massages or whatever, like any type of soft tissue manipulation or whatever, like I can easily get back to just feeling good and not being in pain. I don't know if I did what I came out to do in terms of how I ain't to start this and end this but i feel like i've said all i needed to say it's also <laughs> 2 a.m and i have to be up at 5 30 to work and i just talked about how i can't do this no more and here i am doing it but i don't like giving unsolicited advice but if you have an intuition that you are stronger than you think or that you're capable of greater that shit probably right man and life is gonna happen whether you tap into the intuition or not and so if you feel it within you you might as well act on it or at least see what comes of it you know what i mean because i feel like we all have the capacity for greatness or maybe goodness and but honestly if you don't that's cool too you know because happiness is fleeting too just like life is and Honestly, like emptiness is out here waiting to consume us and take us into deep waters, take us into a dark place. And so whatever, whatever makes you happy, if it takes work, I personally feel like the work is worth it. I just want I just want to see my people happy, man. Um, it's hard to come by. So I think that's all I got for real. I'm looking at this recording and it's been like 56 minutes. That's crazy. I mean, by the time I edit it down, it won't be that long, but I'm really not used to talking this much, but. I just had some shit to get on my chest. If you still listening, thank you. Um, if you're not listening, that's fine too. I love you all the same. Yeah, man. Just cheers to just being our best selves. Cheers to being happy. Um, cheers to constantly learning about ourselves and understanding that and accepting ourselves for who we are. That's all I got. Peace.